1: I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. Thank you for joining us today, and we welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 p.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church located at 1043 Middle Street is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the Temple of Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Cali for over 95 years and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will joy you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn will sing for us the majestic song entitled, We Shall Behold Him. How awe-inspiring and majestic this event will be as we see our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ face to face in clouds of glory. Accompanying our choir will be Edith Matsuki on the piano and pohackle Carter on the organ. A promise made by the Lord is the mighty Holy Ghost Revival, where 3,000 souls will be saved in one day and many more after that. A day will all await to happen before Jesus returns to call us home. Our church band Under My Direction will play this exciting song titled, A Holy Ghost Revival. <laughs> An excerpt from a well-known poem entitled, Footprints, explains how the Lord carries you through your most difficult times in life. How comforting it is to know that Jesus is just a prayer away and will never leave your side. Our soloist this morning, Seneca Rose Hahn, will sing this inspirational song entitled, If Jesus Goes With Me. Accompanying her will be Christy Hahn on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Trustee Associate Pastor, Evan Sprout, Sr., and Mason Asano, senior on the guitars, and Iris Locke on the drums.
0: It May
1: Once again, our church choir will sing this uplifting and robust song entitled, He Made Everything New. Please join in singing as the words appear on your television screen. Just this morning is the God-given talents of the Carrillo family who will play together on the ukulele an instrumental song entitled, Preach the Four Square Gospel. The mission of our church is to baptize believers in the name of Jesus Christ and to let the world know the gospel of the kingdom of God, which is Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. Johanna Carrillo will accompany them on the piano. Our husband and wife to wit, Associate Pastor Timothy and Emilia Hahn Sr., will sing for us this encouraging and comforting song entitled, Jesus Coming Soon. It is with sheer delight that we dedicate this wonderful song to Mrs. Lynette Kanoa of Waimanalo, Hawaii. Your love for Jesus will not go unrewarded. May he continue to pour out bountiful blessings pressed down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a fantastic Sunday, (laughs) Lynette.
3: Troubles sometimes are here Filling men's hearts, hearts with fear. fear Freedom will oh, all hold it. Now is at stake Humbling your hearts to God Save from the chastening rock. rock Seek the way pilgrims, pilgrims trod Christians away So mad. is go. forever in the skies, going where no one dies, heavenward psalm.
4: Shalom and good morning, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melbourne Honda, And this time, I'd like to take a moment to repeat our television times, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBYTV channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our Gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now, concerning our schedule of Gospel services held in our home state, Hawaii, Services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday morning, gospel services start at 10 a.m. And divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for holidays begin at 9 a.m. And prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. Except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At Akamaki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by Neighbor Island Branch Churches, as services are also conducted by Pastor Regional V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai Kanakakaimulukai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Vera in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter Aitinlohe in Hilo Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato Mindanao, Philippines.
1: Indeed, TV viewers, it is very important to keep in touch with the Lord as much as possible. In spite of the fact that many of us love the Lord and pursue righteousness, we still fall short of the glory of God. I hope and pray that your joining us each Sunday in our weekly Kingdom of God Crusade telecast is a means which helps to strengthen your vows with God or creates within you desire to make yourself right with Him. Perhaps one day soon you will become an instrument of the Lord and testify of his goodness and mercy to others. And all do join me in the reading of God's Word. And today's sermon entitled Using God's Name in Vain. To confirm this message, let us read Exodus the 20th chapter, 7 verse: Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. The first commandment says that we are to worship God. And him only the second commandment forbids us to bow down before any image but says to worship him in spirit and in truth the third commandment tells us that we are to reverence him we are never to use his name in the wrong way well TV viewers but now you're assuming that I am about to preach on profanity aren't you yes but there is much more involved in this commandment Though it forbids profanity, it forbids much more. What is the most important thought in this commandment? Here it is. The name of the Lord. Listen to Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is safe. Full of conceit, the rich man trusts in his wealth, while the righteous is truly safe. There is something unique and different about God's name. Now, God's name means something. It is different from all others. Holy and reverent is his name. Paul tells us in Philippians 2, 9 through 11, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and giveth him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The phrase, every knee should bow, has not yet come to pass. But it will surely happen when Jesus Christ comes again to rule and reign on this earth. We see that all God is, does, and says is included in his name. The commandment does not simply forbid the vain use of God's name but all irreverence to God himself. God is holy, man is human. God is perfect, man is sinful. God is highest over all. Men are lowly sinners. As Paul tells us in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. When man does not show proper reverence for God, he is breaking this commandment. There is something personal and in individual about in name. A man doesn't like to see his name misspelled or hear it it mispronounced. That is true of us. How much more is it true of God? His name reveals himself and is not to be separated from him. When we show disrespect for his name, we show disrespect for God. The wrong use of God's name is in profanity. It shouldn't be necessary to speak to a Christian congregation about profanity but it is one of the most common sins of the day. I fear that many true born again Christians are guilty of this sin. This is a cursing age. Men curse, women curse, children curse. They curse on the streets, on the job, in the home, at parties, everywhere and anywhere. This is a sad commentary on our social life. We read in Ephesians 4, 29-30, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. The day of redemption is a day when our Lord will return to make our bodies like his glorious body. Listen to 1 John 3, 2-3. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear when we shall be. But when we know that when we shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. The true born-again Christian's real home is not on this earth. He should live, therefore, as a citizen of heaven. What earthly good does profanity do? A man has a flat tire and he curses the tire, but that doesn't put air into the tire. A man stumbles upon a chair in the dark and curses the chair but that doesn't heal the bruise. A man curses because he loses the game he is playing, but his cursing doesn't win the game. There's absolutely no reward in profanity. One day I approached a brother in Christ who was cursing. He turned around and saw me. He said, excuse me, I didn't know you were present. I told him that I was not the one to whom he should apologize. He has taken the Lord's name in vain, and he should apologize to the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember that God hears you wherever you are in whatever you say. Psalms 139, 7, 8 tells us, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. These verses tell us that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. Jesus said in Luke 6, 45, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil, for of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. Pure water comes out of a pure well. Impure water flows out of a polluted well. It is the same with the heart. It may surprise you to know that profanity is much more common in Christian America than in the heathen countries. Heathens have greater reverence for their false gods than we do for our heavenly Father. Isn't that a sad commentary? We know God, he has richly blessed us and yet we continue to take his name in vain. Isn't it true that when you curse you offer profane and wicked prayer? You ask God to condemn someone in order to satisfy your passion for revenge. Paul tells us in Hebrews 10:30, for we know him that he had said, vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense saith the Lord. And again, the Lord ju- judges his people Jesus said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He also said, And as he would that men should do to you, do ye also to them. Instead of doing that, men ask God to damn someone. Sometimes man says to another, Go to hell. God has prepared hell for the devil and his angels. It is a terrible place as you read in Mark 9, 43-44. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands going to hell, into fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Jesus was given a description of the terms of hell. He taught that the punishment for the person who will not believe and accept it will last forever. Indeed, viewers, profanity not only corrupts you, but it corrupts others, such as when your child hears your profanity and takes it up. Then there are the situations where if you take a few curse words away from some persons, they are unable to carry on a conversation. George Washington said the foolish and the wicked practice of profane cursing and swearing is a vice so mean and so low that every person of sense and character detests and despises it. Now let me tell you, young people, that being able to curse is not the mark of a man. You live in a Christian home. And your parents and the influence of your church keeps your speech clean while you are growing up. But when you go out into the world, you enter in an atmosphere full of profanity. It will grieve you to hear the name of our Lord taken in vain. Then there is the wrong use of God's name in hypocrisy. When a man says, Lord, Lord, and lives a sinful life, he is guilty of breaking this commandment. Profanity in church is worse than profanity on the street. Once upon a time, a donkey suddenly became rich. He thought he was too good to associate with the other donkeys and therefore decided to become a horse. He went to the hairdresser, had his ears trimmed and pinned down and went out to the high society of horses. Everything went well until he was asked to sing. The minute he opened his mouth, they knew what he was, a hypocrite. Thus it is said that men today go among the people of God and profess to be true born again Christians, but their hearts are black with sin, for they don't know Jesus Christ. They are breaking the commandment which forbids hypocrisy. Sacred music is a wonderful thing and lifts us up toward God, but it is hypocrisy to sing and talk of the love of God and live for the world. There's also the wrong use of God's name in empty vows, Any man who makes a pledge to the Lord and breaks that pledge has taken on his name in vain. Listen to Ecclesiastes 5, 4 to 5. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it. For he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow than that shouldest vow and not pay. In other words, viewers, be careful what you promise God. But if the thing you promise to do for him is something right in itself, it will be a sin for you not to fulfill it. Mean what you say and say what you mean. And do not be a hypocrite or a liar. Take the example of Jacob, rereading Genesis 28, 22, 22. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I may come again to my Father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give thee the tenth unto thee. Therefore keep your vow to God. If one has not already done so, it is of the utmost importance for that individual to concede to Jesus in full repentance. True repentance is to profess godly sorrowful sins committed However, repentance is only the initial step towards full salvation. One must go beyond that and be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus. If you have been baptized the Lord's way, you do not have to be rebaptized. Oh, you exclaim, I did not realize that there was such a thing as the Lord's way in baptism and the salvation of my soul. Let me assure you that there certainly is, and one of my purposes here and now is to ensure that you are apprised of it. There was a certain Jew named Apollos who fervently edified the Lord, but there was one critical flaw in his preaching. However, in Apollos' favor, we must concede that he was unaware of that flaw. We Read Acts 18, 25 to 26. This man, Apollos was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit, he spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue whom, when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. Apollos was still exhorting John's baptism, unenlightened of both the baptism in the name of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Ghost. However, because Priscilla and Aquila had accompanied Paul extensively, these two knowledgeable companions set Apollos on the right path. From that day forward, Apollos preached the gospel in its fullness, Informing those in count of all that had transpired. Reading Acts 18, 27 to 28. And when he, Apollos, was disposed to pass into Echia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who, when he was come, helped them much which had believed through grace. For he is mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Paul himself set things in order too as he traveled about preaching the gospel. Listen to Acts 19:1 through 6. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since he believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Thus we conclude that there certainly is such a thing as the Lord's way, the only correct way in salvation. Today, we are fortunate to have Bible scriptures confirm this. Here are words of Jesus himself in John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Another pertinent scripture is Acts two thirty eight. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This significant scripture focuses on the entire cycle of salvation, repentance, baptism, the remission of sins, and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Furthermore, Acts 4.12 distinctly declares, neither is there salvation of any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In other words... Outside the name of Jesus, one cannot be saved. And that, TV viewers, is the gospel of the kingdom of God in a nutshell. Now let's refocus upon our message using God's name in vain. It is true, viewers, that there is a penalty for breaking the pledge you make before God. I know many people who have pledged to tithe, but when the time came for them to pay their vow, they used the money for something else and broke their pledge to God. They didn't even give God a chance to bless them. We see that when we break the commandment through disobedience, the Lord will not hold us guiltless. If we are guilty, God will chastise us. We find that the first church founded on the Day of Pentecost was prospering. Naturally, the spirit was running high. The two born-again Christians, who were very anxious to see others saved, sold their properties and bought the money to the church to be used in the work of saving souls. In this group was a couple named Ananias and Sapphira. They decided to sell their land, bring part of the money to the church and keep the balance for themselves. The next day we see Ananias bringing the sum of money to the church. Listen to Acts 5, 3 to 5. But Peter said, Ananias, why had Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Was it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. Some young men took him out of the burial. Three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She lied just as Ananias had done and immediately she fell dead at Peter's feet and was taken out and buried by the side of her husband. You say that it is not a very thing to take the Lord's name in vain as did Ananias and Sapphira. I'm sure that as the people watched the young men burying Ananias and Sapphira, everyone must have realized that it is a serious thing to take the Lord's name in vain. God will not hold anyone guiltless. However, God is a merciful God, and in spite of our sins, we have assurance that God loves us and will save us if we repent of our sins. He tells us, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Peter swore one day, saying he didn't know Jesus. In a few minutes, Jesus came and looked at him, and with love, mercy, and forgiveness, Peter went out and wept bitterly. In the Bible, we never again hear of him taking the Lord's name in vain. When we repent as he did, the same mercy and forgiveness shall be ours. There are those who indulge in destructive criticism, thus taking the Lord's name in vain. There is destructive criticism and constructive criticism. When one man feels there is something wrong in the church, he calls some members aside and harshly criticizes. That is destructive criticism, the kind that devil likes. But another man having the same feeling keeps quiet about it. He goes to the past and talks it over, and then he prays about the matter. That is constructive criticism because it leaves no scars. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, 1-2, Judge not that he be not judged, for with what judgment he met, he shall be measured to you again. In other words, do not condemn. Remember, the church is not perfect, nor the pastor, associate pastor, staff, choir, and band members, but neither is anyone else why go around talking about the spirit in someone else's eye when one has a big piece of timber in his own? No, we are not perfect. If you we were, we would be in heaven today. There are lots of people who are happy working for the Lord, while others love to criticize them. It is a dangerous thing to criticize the Lord and the servant of God. Listen to Isaiah 54 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is on me, saith the Lord. Another thing the church could do without, and that is for anyone to say it can't be done. The church is no place for pessimism. We have a great God and a great mission which is to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God to every creature so that they can receive the salvation of their souls. For an illustration, a great building is being constructed. Two groups of men are there. One group working, the other group standing on the sidelines saying, it can't be done. Finally, the building is completed. The workers are rewarded while the knocker stands aside and grumbles. The church is a great spiritual building, and every one of us can have a part in the work. At the end of the way, a crown of reward will be given to the builder. There is nothing for the knocker. Another thing the church could do well is lazy people who thereby take the Lord's name in vain. For example, an ox and a mule work together One day, the ox decided that he wouldn't work, so he stayed in the barn. That night, he said to the mule, did the boss say anything about my not working today? And the mule answered, no, he didn't say anything about you not working. But I noticed he had a long talk with the butcher on the way home. Even God can't use lazy people. Check the Bible. And you find that he called only the busy people into his service. If you want something done, always ask someone who is busy. Proverbs nineteen twenty four tells us, a slothful man hideth his hand in his bosom, and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. What a picture of a man who is even too lazy to feed himself. Some people are too lazy to get up on Sunday morning and go to church. Some are too lazy to attend prayer services. Another way of taking the Lord's name in vain is by being a gossip monger. It seems that we have these people always with us. They gladly pick up a little gossip, roll it over and under the tongue a few times, enlarge, and send it on its way. They never check to ascertain the truth. They just send the gossip rolling. Well, suppose we know someone who has done wrong. What should be the true born-again Christian right attitude to exhibit? Should we be silent? Or should we tell someone else about it? Listen to Galatians 6.1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. The rare restore here, has a meaning of setting, like the resetting of a bone, which is done by a surgeon. When a person does wrong, we should make every attempt to restore him, to get him back in the right place. We must restore, not tear down. We are to pull up, not push down. And until our next topic is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. We now call upon our church band to perform their final song for the day entitled, All I Need.